Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Okay, Sharp Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, midweek, a Wednesday, October 18th. Hope you're having a good start to your week. As we say hi, I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson live downtown Las Vegas at the D Bar Canada there, Fremont Street. Got a big show coming up for you. Of course, you've got. The ALCS coming up tonight. I've got 503 on my first pitch. You, east of me, are going to have 803. You got Houston, Texas, Texas. They haven't lost a game in the postseason yet. It's going to be Javier versus Scherzer. Scherzer has been bombarding Bruce Bochi to get the ball. We shall see a dude that got hit before he went to the IR. We'll break down that game coming up in just a bit. Eric Kratz will join, does a great job talking baseball to talk the playoffs. Of course, he had the Phillies, who are just a wagon right now, a 10-0 win over the Snakes, which we'll get to. Mike Palm, the mayor of Las Vegas, and of course, downtown, VP Circa, everything. He does it all. Mike Palm is going to join. Max Starks, Super Bowl champ, is going to join in the final hour. We're going to jog the board. We run the board every Friday here on Sharp Money when Samich joins, but we will midweek jog the board, let you know where the numbers are, and then we can kind of monitor the movement as we get to Friday. And kind of jogging the board takes on a certain significance this week with so many injuries specifically to the quarterback position. Uh, Sharp Money's power rankings, the SEC got in the way yesterday, so we know how much you love list. We're going to go ahead with a snake draft, Diamondbacks draft from bottom to top as far as the NFL and get to that best team. So plenty to do as we open it up. The Dustin and Amal had a big conversation about college football. It's actually a huge week eight in college football with a ton of huge matchups. So that's the start as we say hi. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. We start with the Indian Prince. Hi, Amal. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing very well. And I think we should all send a special shout out to the big guy. If you know he lives on social, so if you see him on social at Dustin Sweetelson, go ahead and send him positive words of encouragement. Proud of him. He went to the gym. And got a trainer yesterday and is taking his health seriously. How are you feeling today? Uh, big my guy? body's already rejecting it before it happens. I am exhausted. I am tired. I am sore before I even lifted a single weight. It's it's not a kidney transplant. <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> it is. It, you don't to when you walk in a gym as the fattest guy in the gym, it Uh-oh. is so annoying the looks you get, the feeling you get. And maybe people aren't even looking at me, but in my mind, everyone's looking at me. So you say, you're saying you're the fattest man at the gym, but also the most narcissistic, because I can assure you, people don't care. They're not paying attention to you. People only care about themselves. They're <laughs> never thinking about you, but projecting that the fact that they're thinking about you actually lets us know something's going on inside of you that may be overvaluing oneself. <laughs> well, no, it's uh, the opposite. It's under, like they're looking at me going, 
Why is that guy here? He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know how to get in shape. It's very evident in the way he's lifting those weights. That's kind of what's going through my head. I, I actually think it's the opposite. I think people respect the fact that you're there. It does, it, let's be real here for a second. I don't think it's the easiest situation sometimes if people are a little bit heavier than what you would normally see at the gym to be able to take that first step in there. So I think you're looking at it from a completely polar opposite no, view. Because then they do the patronizing thing. I don't even know if that's the right way of using this word, but they go, hey, it man. Is, it is. Go, go ahead. Go, hey, is. man, see you doing that work in here. Good for you. Keep it up. Dude, I'm not six years old. Like, come right, on. Right, but – that's called patronizing when you're insecure, but maybe it's just sincere when those people are coming from a good place. This has been <laughs> a very weird open to the show. I'll start where I started the week. Instead of going to the gym, Dustin Sweetles, and go to a freaking therapist, what is happening to the freaking show? Are you kidding me? You used to produce it. Now you're taking it over and being weird. Okay? Just, just please, can we talk baseball for a second? My gosh, I'm going to have a meltdown. Uh, <laughs> we also, boys, we also have some college football coming up tonight. Uh, but how about yesterday? We all said we went with the over. And it kind of, it was weird because, you know, outside of the home runs that the Phillies are hitting, boys, three more. Schwarber had two. Turner had another one. By the way, some records set by the Phillies so far. That's the most home runs in a four-game postseason span, which is 14 in the history of baseball. Also, they're at a plus 33 as far as run differential over an eight-game span in the postseason. That's the most. They've tied with the most players to have multi-home run games in four. So the power numbers continue. You take a look. A 2-0 series lead headed back to the desert, Amal Shaw. 10-0. Nola was fine. It's just I watched this game, and the D-backs, they just kind of futile at bats never really threatened, never really felt dangerous. And again, you know, it's a pretty special atmosphere there in Philly right now for these baseball games. And what really fires up a, a ballpark are home runs. Uh, you're absolutely right about it. I love that one of the signs I saw, it said Bedlam at the Bank. And it's exactly what it's been. And this team has continued to sizzle offensively. You referenced the home run record. Uh, this is a team that's had three home runs or more in four consecutive games. It's just been prolific what they've been able to do. Last team to do that was the 2008 Rays. But you mentioned they set the total record over four games. Incredibly impressive. But you mentioned Nola as well. I didn't think he was overwhelming, but I thought he was effective and efficient, which is exactly what he needed to be. You know, last Friday we complained about the West Virginia game. Actually, you teed it up. I just complained about it for 30 minutes. I will say I got lucky on this over last night. Had no business winning this over. It was 3 nothing going into the later innings. The next thing you know, a couple of four spots put up by the Phillies. But overall right now, guys, I think Philadelphia is in control. The way they're hitting the baseball Diamondbacks come out of this series at the bank with just eight hits in 18 innings. That's an area of concern. You had your two best pitchers going. Now you got Brandon Fott coming back on the bump on Thursday. You will have an opportunity against Ranger Suarez, but I'm telling you guys, there's a date with destiny waiting for this team. Six games away for the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, it's interesting. You said it because I totally agree with you. Take a look at Nola's stat line. That's why watching the game at times, big guy, is important because, you know, six innings pitch, three hits, seven Ks, but it didn't feel that dominant. He didn't look like he had electric stuff. It did look like an Arizona team that was just a little bit overwhelmed. And Amal mentioned, you know, for the seven and a half, you felt pretty good, or excuse me, you felt like you were in peril going into the sixth, and then they played four in the bottom of the sixth, four in the bottom of the seventh, and it was curtains. And we got it cashed at over seven and a half. It's a bludgeoning. And the Phillies right now, I mentioned they're a wagon. They're on a heater. It's an all-time heater. They've out-homered uh, their opponents so far in the postseason, 19 to 4. 19 <laughs> to 4 so far. And that's, by the way, facing the Braves. The Braves who hit more home runs than anyone. So this is just kind of what this lineup was built to do, Philadelphia, right? Like, that's why they're never out of any game. Because at any single point in time, Someone in their lineup can go off. It was Castellanos for a while. Now it's Schwarber. I'm sure it'll be Harper again at some point. It's just a super deep lineup. And as long as they're going to put the ball over the fence, they're never out of any game. And also, they can just take momentum as they did last night and run with it. Good guys, I think the one place we have to give credit is to the Philadelphia pitching. The bullpen, the starting rotation, this has been the key. They've had seven wins so far in the postseason. Two against the Marlins, three against the Braves out of four, and then, of course, the first two against the Arizona Diamondbacks. In those victories, they have given up a total of eight runs. The Braves scored five in their victory. Remember, those were late two-run homers. I think it was Darno and then Austin Riley. Riley's going to hit anybody. doesn't make a difference. But I think this team's starting pitching, Wheeler's been dominant. We know how good Wheeler's been. 
Aaron Nola has pitched extremely well over his three starts. And then this bullpen has done a fantastic job. I think it's all been a culmination, and they are getting hitting at the precisely right time. Tough to see him losing as we look ahead to tomorrow because, you know, Suarez was in a tough spot against the Braves and shut him down. So here comes Suarez, the lefty, for Philly tomorrow night in Arizona, fought the rookie who's imminently hittable. And you got a number of $1.32 right now. We're showing that's the tonight's game, the Rangers and the ALCS. But I'm showing $1.32 on the Phillies and nine, nine and a half. So again, depending if you want to go over or under here, you can find a nine, nine and a half. But I don't think much changes headed to the desert, boys. I don't either. I don't like the fact that you got Brandon Fott starting. Look, this uh, one-two monster with Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen was not Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson reincarnated for the 2001 Diamondbacks. But you thought you had a good opportunity. You'd potentially be able to slow down this team. It did not matter. When Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber are hitting bombs left and right, you're going to get contributions from uh, Bryce Harper and Trey Turner. Those guys are two consistently good players. And I'll tell you what, I ripped the Phillies a couple of years ago when they signed Bryce Harper. I thought it was a terrible signing. I said, what are they doing? They're not going to win anything. Could not have been more wrong. This team has just been sensational the last couple of years. And now they're on the cusp of winning a world championship. I know they're still six games away. Not trying to suggest that this thing is over. But when you look at a guy like Brandon Fopp on the bump, Patrick, I don't think it instills confidence confidence in the Arizona Diamondbacks, particularly a no. team that struggled offensively. If you were hitting and you had fought on the mound, you go back to Chase Field, you feel like, okay, guys, we'll go out and we'll score five, six runs. I don't know if they're going to be able to get to four right now, despite it being a hitter-friendly park. I don't disagree. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's, it's a full, you know what it is, big guy? It's an annoyingly full Phillies bandwagon right now. Well. We chill out. Okay. If you're not in that park, you have nothing to do with it. If you didn't grow up in or around, if you're not Benjamin Franklin, okay, you have nothing to do with what's happening in Philadelphia right now outside of the dummies that were at the bank. So the rest of you on social talking about, oh, it's electric. Oh, it's electric. Okay, first <laughs> off, you just figured out that word, okay? <laughs> Speaking of Benjamin Franklin. And secondly, you live in Wyoming. Zip it. It has nothing to do with you. Get but, off the bandwagon. Hold it's on. the Phillies. They've been around for a long time. It's a historic franchise. But in fairness, probably right behind. There is no fairness. Behind the signing of the Declaration of Independence, being a Phillies fan looks like the most fun thing you could do in the city of Philadelphia right now. Like, it looks like a fun time to watch that team. All those guys are really likable, and I want to hate them. I'll disagree. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I saw the park last night. There is nothing fun about being in that park when it's the fifth inning and there feels like there's no threat coming from the opposition. Baseball can be arduous. No, and no. they were just standing there like, come on, do something, Diamondbacks. This is boring. No, being a Phillies fan is fun right now, and the Phillies team is fun, not necessarily the ballpark. I have a quick question for Mr. Maher because I had this debate last night with a friend of mine, and you can answer it when we come back because we're going to talk about Scherzer. Better pitcher at their peak, Scherzer or Verlander? <laughs> That's like asking me, two kids I don't have, which one's my favorite? I'll answer <laughs> it coming back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 
This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. All you have to do is download the DraftKings app and use the promo code SHARP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher as we welcome you back. Kind of a fun first hour on baseball boys i didn't realize it was going to carry the whole first hour uh, we've got college football tonight we'll get to that we've got mike palm joining max starks is going to join but we do have playoff baseball tonight and that is as we kind of shift our attention to texas with the alcs houston at texas with javier on the bump for the astros of course the rangers are going to throw scherzer dollar uh, 36 right now on Scherzer over at DraftKings actually dollar 30 coming back the other way a plus 110 on Javier we've kind of all lined up all lined up here as far as taking the plus number with the Astros and to discuss that we're going to bring in Eric Kratz first off I encourage you to check out Follow Territory which is awesome podcasts you can also watch Follow Territory on YouTube and it's a worthy book to read because Eric's story is amazing. 11 seasons, won a World Series in the majors, but didn't get his debut until he was 30 years old. It's a great story. The Dow of the backup catcher playing baseball for the love of the game. And Eric Kratz joins us here on Sharp Money. Hi, Eric. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it. So, you know, if I were to go through all the teams you played for, we'd be here a while. But I will say you did play for the Phillies for a year. So maybe you can talk about the atmosphere and what we've been witnessing there at the bank. It's just been electric. Yeah, uh, playing for the Phillies for three different seasons. And you got to see I was on the team in 2011 when we made it to the playoffs and unfortunately lost in game five. but. Since then, I've played in several other or been on the team for several other playoff runs, including, you know, World Series championship with the Royals and losing game seven. There is nothing like the environment in Philly and Citizens Bank. Hmm. I think just aesthetically, it's a small ballpark that is on top of you. So that helps. You know, I think that's why Milwaukee was really loud, too. And that's a dome. So that helps for their noise but the difference is in philly and i grew up here and i live here now so you're playing for your hometown team maybe you're you know your mind is always thinking it's better than it really is the stadium is just they start at a 10 when other stadiums start at a one and it's not saying other fans aren't as loud and and as rambunctious but they just start at a 10 and they stay at a 10 I, I was at the I was at the no hitter last year in the World Series uh, against the Astros, and yeah, that was a bummer of a game. But this like there just was a buzz the whole time in the stadium, waiting to erupt. Yeah, but just a buzz where you're like, okay, like this is like wh why what is it about this? And the stadium just feels like it's like pulsing and just waiting for something awesome to happen. And two. This postseason, last postseason, there's been a lot of awesome stuff. Eric, you're absolutely right about that. That electricity has just resonated throughout this locker room right now. When you look at it, the offense has been great. Castellanos, Bryce, and everyone else in between, and, of course, Schwerber. But Aaron Nola, give me a catcher's perspective on why he's been so much more effective this year than he was last year when he gave up 14 earned runs and four homers in 25 innings. This year through 18 and two-thirds innings, just two earned runs and no bombs. I think one of the things is they've been able to limit the damage. And when I say they, I mean him and JT and the pitching coach and Rob Thompson. Rob Thompson's part of it is, look, don't let him go too long. Don't let him get into that big inning. JT's part of that is last night, he actually did give up some runners. He got a few guys on. He got two guys on. Boom. JT comes trotting out and talking to Nola personally. The whole, the whole pitch clock thing was, was a thing for him. And in these moments, in big moments, even during the season, there's big moments when 
he's always been able to slow it down. He wasn't able to with the pitch clock this year. And in no way is he ever going to say that that's an excuse. But look, the, the, distance, the difference for a pitcher in the big leagues is razor thin. And if you don't have that extra little bit of time to make sure you can make that pitch, it can come back and bite you. Even against, I mean, the worst big league hitter is better than 99.99% of everybody else out there. So they're going to they're gonna create damage. And the guy throws strikes. He's never going to shy away from throwing strikes. And so when you don't have completely executed or you're a little whatever it is from the pitch clock, you're going to have those situations. And I think the whole game plan from the entire Philly standpoint has been awesome so far in the playoffs. Eric Kratz, follow territory, the show. Make sure you check it out. YouTube podcast, 2015 world champ, of course, world series champ. And you painted the picture perfectly about that band box in the bay. That is, it really is. It's a smaller park. You feel like the fans are on top of you that you painted that perfectly. Let's shift to the AL tonight, Houston, Texas. Let's start with the pitchers. Javier, not the same this year. And how about, let's start with Eric. Let's start with Scherzer coming off the shelf after a while, 39 years old. What do you expect from Max tonight? Man, what a great question. We talked about this today on foul territory. Like, what do we expect? Like, why, why, why am I sitting here doubting Max Scherzer? What he's done in his career, he's come back from injury issues. And he's had success. You know, I think back to, and he, he kind of alluded to it and mentioned it when he was talking to Ken Rosenthal. He was talking about the fact that, yeah, when I had my neck issue and I came back and threw, that was not my arm. So I don't even know that Max Scherzer knows what to expect, which is crazy to me. But I know what I will expect, and there's nothing on my, there's no over-unders for this. But Max Scherzer is going to be peacocking around the mound He's going to look like every strikeout. He's going to be carrying suitcases. I mean, huge suitcases in both arms. He's going to walk around the mound after a strikeout and walk back up. And he's going to be grunting and snorting. And he's going to throw the ball until he can't throw the ball successfully for his team. And on the flip side, Christian Christian Javier is a guy that threw a no-hitter, was part of a no-hitter in the World Series, the only one. And he gets to get the ball for a team that needs him. Well, this kind of felt like the same situation in the last series when they were down, or not down, but it was 1-1 going to Minnesota. And why do we keep questioning if the Astros are done? Is it because we want that narrative? Is it because we want to sit there and go, yeah, well, I can tell. I can tell the Astros are done. How, how can you tell? Because they have the second best playoff hitter ever on their team in Jordan Alvarez. Is it because Jose Altuve is not hot right now and Kyle Tucker are not hot right now? Well, you know what? I'm putting a little cash heat on the fact that Tucker and Altuve are going to get hot because water levels out. These are good players coming to play in a huge game that's, to me, a must win. You can't go down 3-0. That is, that's too much. And they dominate at Globe Life Park. Dominate. They have an over 1,000 OPS as a team at Globe Life Park at the Rangers Stadium. So while the Rangers are coming home, the fans have not seen the Astros struggle in their park yet. So that, along with Christian Javier coming out, throwing those invisible heaters up in the zone and just enough strikes to get guys to swing. I'm I'm excited. This I'm looking at the over in this game, which really makes me excited. I wish it was eight and a half because I think it's going to be a five four game. Astros. Man, I'm fired <laughs> up now. Eric Kratz, dude, you're awesome. Follow territory. Everybody's going to check out that show on YouTube, of course. Get it where you get podcasts as well. Do us a favor. Come back next week, and we'll talk more baseball. We'll have you on for two segments because that was awesome, Eric. Deal. I'm in. Okay. As long as it's not right, during let's do our it. show, I'm in. No, no. We'll get you on. Eric Kratz 31 on Twitter. We'll get you on next week and talk more baseball. Great job, Eric Kratz. That was – that dude – 
He's got a future, man, because he, first off, his story's amazing. As Dustin laid out in the rundown, he made his debut in 2010 at 30 years old, so he grinded in the minors, and then he went on to play for 11 seasons, including 2020 with the Yankees, won a World Series in 2015. So just like a story of perseverance, you can tell why he'd be a good clubhouse guy, Amal. I love how he talked about Scherzer carrying suitcases because that's what Scherzer does. You know how Scherzer does that pose, like when he strikes somebody out where he looks like he's carrying two invisible suitcases. Oh, you're that guy's awesome. You're absolutely. We loved his energy and enthusiasm. And you used the perfect word, perseverance. I don't know if anybody embodies that more than Eric Kratz does. I'll, I'll give you a name. Mike Palm. He does. And he joins us next. <laughs> This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Well, it was a long week for us here on Sharp Money last week because the mayor didn't show up. Mike Palm, of course, VP, Circa, the D, Golden Gate, VSIN host at Mike Palm Circa on Twitter as we welcome you back. It's good to see Mike as he takes a seat in between the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson and Amal Shaw. We missed you last week. Where were you? I was at the G2E, uh, which is the Global Gaming Convention here in Las Vegas. And on Wednesday, Derek and I uh, did a plethora of interviews back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, uh, including being interviewed by the great Brady Cannon, uh, who's doing some freelance wow. freelance work for uh, Sports Grid, I believe. All I know is is Len Mead is, is thrilled with long shots. That's all I know. Oh, Mike, great to have you back on here. Uh, you must be ecstatic about that last Notre Dame victory. Hall, I don't have anything, Hall, Patrick. I'm too busy laughing. We got a U.K. We got a Town Hall next week. I imagine this clip might be at Legacy. Might be at Legacy. It might be at Legacy. It's at Legacy Club. But, you know, they run that commercial every single break. It's called Long Shots, the Matt Brown commercial. So, anyhow. Hello, Amal. Yeah, they played well defensively. They created turnovers. <laughs> you know, big big bounce back spot for Tim Murray. He's got to be walking on air this week. <laughs> Come on, we got another 28 minutes, Pat. Get, get it together. Get it together. Get it together. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, certainly, it certainly is good to see you. Um, okay. Well, you you were talking before we brought you on with Dustin and Amal about the fact that we won the frozen envelope with the draw there, the $1,000 free roll, and uh, we turned around over at Circa, and we found 40 to 1 on the Bengals for a little Super Bowl future from the great Bill A.D. What'd you think about that little bet from Sharp Money? I would suggest Amal Shaw had a driving force in that play. Uh, it was No, it was actually a collective group effort. I wanted to take San Francisco on Friday, but they refused to uh, release the hold on the check. So we didn't have an opportunity to be able to play that one. I, I don't hate it. I mean, you're looking for – I would look at, at Cleveland at 30-1 to 1 or 28. I don't know what they are now after they won the game. They were 28-1 to 1 last Friday when I was on Lombardi line yeah. with Mike Pritchard and Femi Abedefe because we were talking about Super Bowl futures, and I said, I think – and I, and I didn't know what your guys' conversation was on your pick. I think you have to pick a team out of the AFC yeah. unless you're taking San Francisco or Philadelphia because it's likely that whoever else is in the NFC has to go to both those places on consecutive weeks. Now, I think there's a path for, for Patrick's Detroit Lions to actually get the two seed here. When you look at the Eagles' schedule, it's possible Detroit could get the two seed. Um, which doesn't mean Philadelphia can't go and win at Detroit, but it would mean they wouldn't have to go on the road consecutive weeks. I, I think uh, Detroit, look, they're very much alive for the one seed. I think all three teams, I think the NFC is a three-horse race right now. I wouldn't put Dallas in that conversation. San Francisco, Detroit, and Philadelphia. In the AFC, the reason why we went with Cincinnati was because we felt like Burrow, if he gets healthy, this team is extremely dangerous with their experience. We talked about the Browns. Uh, and we liked Baltimore a little bit more, but the, our pushback on the Browns was Nick Chubb will not be returning. Yeah, I get it. And and, and there's also the question mark about Deshaun's health. Yeah. And can he play like he did in week three? Obviously, wasn't very good in the first two weeks either. But that defense is real. Yeah. But the offense has to be able to make enough first downs to keep him off the field. You saw against Baltimore. They were on the field the whole day, and they just wore out against against Lamar in that offense. I, the, the AFC North is so intriguing. 
28 to 1 on your Browns, Mr. Palm. Not, you wouldn't hate that. Would you hate no, that play? No. I, look, no. I, I don't. Patrick, about, sorry, go ahead. Could you, what could you no. have gotten on Detroit? Could you have gotten 16 to 1 at the time 16, you were making your 16. play? Yeah. 16. Mm -hmm. So what happened was with, with San Francisco, it was 5 to 1 on the Friday. Remember, they blew out Dallas and came back. It was 3.5 to 1. So it just got way too short. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a $1,000 free roll, you can't go there. And so we found 40 to 1. You know, the difference was 28 to 1 in the market at DraftKings, and you guys were showing a 40 to 1. And we're just like, we're just play a number. Uh, look, you just said it. The Lions can win a championship. I'm sure uh, it, I'm sure a lot of people over there at Circa, including Mr. Stevens, are fired up about it. But, Mike, it's not very many good teams here. Like, anybody's going to have a shot. What? I think there should be a prop we put up here at Circa Sports. Will a Detroit team win a championship in football or a Michigan team? So you could have the University of Michigan or or Detroit, right? Because I, I think the University of Michigan is, is the best team right now. Well, I can't really disagree with you. Uh, the one thing I would push back is they've played five offenses that rank outside the top 100 in college football. That's the only area where and, I... And Georgia's played Auburn. They've played Kentucky. But I'm just saying. No, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I, I, st I was having this discussion on Iowa television earlier today. If it's Georgia-Michigan from the national title, one versus two, if yeah. they get there, who's favored? I said, well, the public wouldn't tolerate Michigan as a favorite. They simply wouldn't. Having watched them not show up in Miami against Georgia and having watched them give up 55 points to TCU last year on that slip and slide in Glendale. Is <laughs> Who would Derek prefer? Michigan? Or the Lions? He's a very rabid um, Tigers fan is his number one allegiance, right? So in his school, he graduated undergrad from Michigan. Yeah. So I, I, would, I would say the University of Michigan, um, although there's a wider audience, obviously, uh, with the Lions because you get more than just the New York, San Francisco crowd. <laughs> I, a question for both of you guys. Where are you guys on the Miami Dolphins? Go ahead, Patrick. I don't – again, I don't really respect or trust anybody right now. Like, could we have been higher on the 49ers going to a backup quarterback in Cleveland than we were last week? No. After their performance against Dallas. I mean, the offense is ridiculous. The talent's ridiculous on offense. It's not necessarily a crazy good defense, so I'm right there. I don't know. I put them right in the Lions category. I, what is their number? Are they close to 13 to one, just I, like the Lions? I'd yeah, say I think they are. 14 right? to Dolphins? one. Yeah, you're right there. Okay. I think yeah, put yeah. them right in the Lions category, somewhere right in there. How about you, Mike? Yeah, we'll we'll get to see in Frankfurt uh, head to head with the Chiefs, yeah. which I think will be yep. interesting to see what. The Chiefs do to slow down Miami's offense because I think you might get that as a potential. They could be the one and two seed in the AFC. I know Baltimore will still get involved, but in the North they seem to win, lose, win, lose. I mean, Baltimore Harbaugh refuses to win two games in a row. I mean, if he couldn't win at Pittsburgh, I I, I don't get it. I, I'm not down on San Francisco after that loss, Patrick, because not only are they playing a top defense, they're also playing in wind, which we knew was going to be across, but precipitation too. I mean, it was very hard for anybody. That field, it seems like two to three of the eight home games in Cleveland every year are totally dictated yes. by weather. Yeah. The, b the yes. wind blows. You can't kick a field goal. It's cold. It's rain. The field's bad. I mean, the, the weather just plays a great equalizing factor. Well, listen, we all grew up in areas where we were checking the weather, yeah. hoped there were snow yeah. days. You and Iowa, mm -hmm. Patrick in Michigan, Dustin in upstate New York, a little bit outside of New York City. I got to tell you, man, you had to have zero degrees and a wind chill where you could never throw a football to have a snow day. And that's exactly what you get twice a year in Cleveland right there because the stadium is right next to Lake Erie. Downtown's underrated, though. Downtown Cleveland underrated. Walkable city. They call it the mistake by the Lake Palm, but it's an under. I don't know if you've been there. It's an underrated city. You can walk it. It's fun. No, I've never stopped anywhere in the state of Ohio. I, you know, I had to go back and forth when I worked at the Borgata. I would drive back and forth to the Chicago area. I've never stopped other than to get cast anywhere in the state of Ohio. My roommate at Notre Dame was from um, was from Columbus area. Okay. But I never, I never went back there with him. So I just. I haven't had the chance. Maybe I'll get to Northfield Park one day. Listen, some of the greatest people you ever want to meet in your life are from the great state of Ohio. But Joe Kim Noah had the greatest line I've ever heard about Cleveland. He goes, I never heard someone say they're going to Cleveland on vacation. Do you identify a mall with Ohio as your home? I know you worked in the, the Metroplex for no, I over lived there. I lived there for the longest know, stretch of my but life. You identify as an Ohioan. Well, that's where I, I grew up. But when you say, what's your home? Your home was Ohio. That's your. That's where, where, yeah, right. Yeah. So that's fair. 
But I, but I would ask you the same. My assumption is because of the kids, you now consider yourself a Nevada, like a guy that's from Las Vegas. Oh no, I'm right. an Iowan. You, you never, you could take the boy out of Iowa, but you can't take the Iowa out of the boy. I'm an Iowan. I mean, I'm a transplant here. There are more and more now you meet people that were born and raised, and that's the phrase here, born and raised, that have lived their whole life here. But I, I'm a transplant like most of the city. Speaking of kids, don't you think it's a criminal act by the Iowa Hawkeyes offense to sit there and subject those kids in that hospital to watch the Hawkeyes offense with Brian Ferentz? Now, they set up Caitlin Clark so the kids in the hospital could see her Sunday yeah. against DePaul which yes. was, the, was their act of kindness. Can this total get below 30 of all? Because I'm trying to make an argument to bet under 31. I'm, 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 listen, if Wisconsin on third and two in that formation didn't realize they were running the ball to the right side and let them go 82 yards, we're still playing 8-8. Eight, eight, and, and they're in the, t the 50th overtime trying to convert a two. I mean, they're 6-6. Six, six. That game's a 6-6 six, six game if they don't break that run. At best, 12. So, uh, and Minnesota's not very good either. I mean, Minnesota's let, offense you, is dreadful. How do you this let, is 31 and a half at circa right now. You Minnesota let Northwestern come back from three scores down, for God's sakes. I mean, row the boat out of town, PJ. <laughs> Roy, right out of town. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a rote question as far as handle, but is are we at a place now, even in Vegas at circa, and the where, where your handle will just continue to be week to week, year to year for a while now? Record handles. Saturdays, yes. Sundays is a little bit plateaued, um, but Saturdays continue to be records. Year, I may I'm taking it as a recency bias because last Sunday wasn't great. I don't think the matchup windows were great for fans that are recreational. Uh, of the game, so it was down a little bit. There was also a lot of stuff going on in Las Vegas between the golf tournament, the Raiders having a home game, the, the bull riding uh, at the other place. So there, there was a lot of stuff going on there, so that might have been a factor. But uh, Saturdays really continued to, to, to explode. Are you going to hang with us, or do you, do you have to go? Why? No, I don't have to go. Love, okay. Love to get into some. You get sports. well. Ask ask the guy sitting to your right, Dustin Sweetelson. Would you allow Mr. Palm to hang out for another another segment? Yeah, I just have questions about this Iowa TV. Do you, you do? Do they have to put a filter on the screen for how white it looks on the TV? <laughs> what? <laughs> that just got weird. See ya. As always, here at Sharp Money, Mike Palm coming back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Amal Shaw, the big guy. Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. We're going to bring in Max Starks, of course, 10-year NFL career, two-time Super Bowl champ, Florida legend. I'm going to embarrass him a little bit because he's literally one of the freaking nicest guys. He's the GOAT when it comes to good dudes in the industry. ESPN Radio, Westwood One, Steelers Radio Analyst, at Max Starks 78 on Twitter. What's cracking, Max? Nice to, nice to talk to you again. Good to talk to you too, Pat. I mean, you know, we had an annual thing and then it got changed a little bit. 
So I'm happy we're back together again. I'm happy we're back together, too. I know my partner wants to go at you on Florida. Let me ask you about Miami, North Carolina. You were on the call this past weekend. That was kind of a, a tale of two halves, right? Like, Miami fell apart in the second half. Or do you believe North Carolina is legit? You know, I think it's a little bit of both. I think both can be true at the same time. You know, uh, Miami just had a solid game plan. The defense was just getting after Drake May. I mean, they were providing pressure. He did not look crisp. But Omarion Hampton was just a steadying force for North Carolina throughout that game. And then, you hate to say it, Miami became Miami again. You know, the sins of last week carried over into the next week. And, you know, the turnovers just really, really hurt to start out that second half. They defer, they get the ball, but then you turn the ball over immediately on that first drive. You throw an interception, you punt, then you have another, then you have a fumble. I mean, it was just it was just bad third-quarter management and play, and that was enough to give an offbeat North Carolina team enough to get back into it. And I think it proved that North Carolina is a good team, even when they don't have – 70-plus percentage completion from Drake May, and he's not throwing the ball all over the place. Even though Tez Walker had three touchdowns in that game, it just they're, they're just a good, solid team that knows how to play great de- team defense, and they play good team offense. Max, I want to ask you about your alma mater and Billy Napier. Was this win against South Carolina his best win during his tenure so far in Gainesville, and how much could that victory potentially propel this team and Graham Mertz, who played exceptionally well? I think the best win came earlier this year against Tennessee just because of where Tennessee was rank-wise, where they were um, in the national media and the public eye. This was definitely the second best win to go up against a a very efficient Shane Beamer, Spencer Rattler-led squad in South Carolina that gave Georgia fits. Um, I thought this was the second best win of his career in two years, but the first one was definitely Tennessee by far. Um, and it was a be- but I will say it was the best performance by Graham Mertz this season. How's Napier been with alumni? I'm just curious. What's the vibe on Napier? You know, I, I, I like Billy. I like him. I met him last year in August. We had a preseason game down in Jacksonville when I was with the Steelers, and I actually drove down to Gainesville afterwards to speak to the team. And so I got to meet Billy. And I really like Coach Napier. I think, I think he's a great guy. He has a great mentality. And a, I think he's great for University of Florida as far as a coach and what his culture that he's bringing in. Um, it also doesn't hurt that I have, like, three of my buddies on the coaching staff. My teammate, Darnell Stapleton, who, who, who was my right guard when we won Super Bowl 43. He's one of the offensive line coaches. Uh, Ton Cheston Blackshear's offensive analyst. Mike Peterson is the linebacker's coach. So I came in. Seeing the type of caliber of guys that he brought in on his coaching staff um, let me know all I needed to know about him from a personnel and philosophy standpoint, and then meeting him just further solidified that. Max, I want to ask you a question. As a former player, we talk a lot about potential bad spots for teams. Patrick brought up a pretty good one. Last weekend, Oregon loses a hard-fought game against uh, Washington on the road. Now they come back. They're a three-touchdown favorite against Washington State. As a player, are there certain games where you just mentally it's a little bit more challenging to get up for simply because of an emotional defeat or an emotional victory and now have to turn around seven days later and play a team that's maybe not at the same caliber with the same hype around it? Yeah, no, it's a little tough just because you're still dwelling on the path of what could have been, and especially as hard fought as that game was for Oregon and Washington, a tremendous game that came down really to the end, which is what you want in a quality competition. You want to see guys live up to the hype and the expectation that you put into it by watching film and then going out there and doing battle. Um, it, it is a little bit tough to get back up when you've expended so much energy the week before. But I think with this Oregon squad, you know, and I have to give them all the credit in the world, they're, they're just a, a mentally tough team. I, I don't think there will be a huge letdown against Washington State. I think it'll be I now want to get back to getting a second opportunity to go up against Washington. That means running the table on the rest of the schedule so that I can get a chance in the Pac-12 championship game. Max Starks joining us. Of course, ESPN, Westwood One, Steelers, great. So we just talked about Penix Jr. Bo Nix was in that game. Caleb Williams, and you just saw Drake May. Maybe a thought on all four quarterbacks, Max, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, no, um, right now, the attention, and, and rightfully so, Michael Penix Jr. is the leader of that group right now. I think, you know, it was it was tough to see, you know, a a human Caleb Williams, I think is the best way to put it, because I think we've kind of thought of him as superhuman all, all, all this time since he's been at USC. Um, to see him as a mere mortal um, was, was crazy, and I think it's going to be tough for him. And then now, next thing you do, you go up against Utah, right? So now that you take your, your worst beating of your career in college, but then you go and you face a very tough, physical, hard-nosed, highly disciplined squad um, to try and wash that taste out of your mouth, and you might get a double dose potentially. Um, you know, we'll see how Utah uh, shapes up during the week with the injury reports and everything. But it's a tough thing. So, I mean, Caleb Williams takes takes a step back. Drake May, like you said, I mean, it was his best performance. In fact, he, he finished just a hair above 50%. He's been a 70%-plus completion type of guy with high scoring standards. But at the same time, it was a solid team win. They fought through the adversity, and they're still undefeated. So i got to put Drake a little bit above Caleb in that because when you win a Heisman, you have to go above and beyond after that to secure back-to-back Heisman. And right now, he seems to be third in that conversation. Guys, if I may throw another name into the mix, and Max, you saw him play in person, Jaden Daniels at LSU. I can tell you right now, most people would have been happy to leave him, let him leave Tempe when he did. And the resurgence he's had down in the bayou has been sensational. What's your assessment of him so far this year? No one player means more to their team than Jaden Daniels means to the LSU Tigers. I think that's the best way of putting it. Um, he is the heartbeat of LSU. Um, the defense is not up to snuff. It's not where it should be. It's not where it has been in years past. DBU is more like DB who down there. And, you know, yes, you have some great guys. Whit Weeks is a great freshman linebacker that came in and really has solidified that position and kind of overstepped Omar Spates, who was, who was, a, who was that portal transfer kid um, to come in. I suppose to solidify linebacker. Harold Perkins Jr., Still effective, but they know how to double-team him now, so he can't get quite the same effect that he had a year ago. Jaden Daniels is always on, always ready, always willing to rush the football, and is always willing to make a connection with Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors. Um, He is definitely one of the guys that should be in the Heisman conversation because of single-handedly how much he means to that squad. Speaking of defense, Max, you were at the 49ers-Browns matchup this past weekend. Kind of not necessarily ideal weather, but Brock Purdy kind of looked mortal. We hadn't seen, he had been performing so yeah. well. But how about that Browns defense? Schwartz is doing a hell of a job with that defense. Listen, Schwartz, there's a reason why that, that defense is leading uh, the NFL in total defense. They're the number one total defense in the NFL, and it was on full display. Um, it was physical. It was constant. There was pressure. Even for the great Trent Williams, Trent Williams had his hands full with Miles Garrett. Um, and, you know, Zadarius Smith was coming off the edge, just moving Brock Purdy just enough to make him just feel, feel uneasy. And then, of course, Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle did a great job of really providing interior pressure. I mean, they really got after Aaron Banks and company in the middle of that um, San Fran offensive line. And, I mean, I haven't seen people contain Christian McCaffrey. And I saw containment of Christian McCaffrey. Um, And then you also saw Debo Samuel left the game early, and there was a lot on Brandon Ayuk um, to come in and try and make some plays. And Denzel Ward and and company, they really did a great job of just smothering whatever San Fran was trying to do. And then, of course, in the end, you know, offensively, your third-string quarterback, I mean, that's a common theme in Cleveland if you're used to rotating carousels of quarterbacks, but the fact that P.J. Walker came in and was able to do enough to secure that victory um, was just a testament to how great that defense is. Defense won that game, and also 25 accepted penalties really slowed that game down really, really quickly. Max, we got about a minute left. We were talking the other day about some of these coaches in the NFL seeming like there's just such curmudgeons, where now all of a sudden you've got Mike uh, McDaniel down in uh, Miami personality disposition seems completely different is that something that players tend to buy into a little bit more it's just the way his disposition is you played for a great head coach in Mike Tomlin it just seems like he's a little bit more of a player's coach even though he can be tough it, it just seems like players know how to respond to what they're leading with yeah I, I think it just it depends on the personnel right it depends on the guy um you know 
younger, newer players in this league, they, they respond better to what, you know, Mike McDaniels offers. And I think, you know, as a personnel, as a scouting department, you draft what the personality of your team is. And you draft guys who you feel will fit your culture and accept it. So I think for the Dolphins, that works for them. I don't know if Mike McDaniels works in Pittsburgh and the people that they draft. Mike Tomlin looks for a specific type of player and a certain type of toughness, but there's transparency in it as well. And I think a lot of guys, especially from my era, you appreciate the transparency from your head coach. Like, I don't need you to be my best friend, but I also need you to be able to understand my communication style. And I think that's what Mike Tomlin does well is he's, he, he understands how to talk to his players. He understands how to relate to his players, but he's never going to come down to the level of his players. I think that's the other thing. He holds a certain standard of himself, his staff, and players meet those expectations. But once they're at that level, then it becomes a more commonality and a more friendly environment. So I think it's just really about what you're looking for as a staff and as an organization on how you want your team to be. If you want those looser players, Mike McDaniels is a Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.